Hey, Anna. I've had some of the most interesting experiences setting up telescopes in public places. Like it's like called sidewalk astronomy, where you set up a scope and people walk by and you ask them if they want to see it. It's really a lot of fun. And probably one of the best is doing it at Fountain Square, downtown Cincinnati, at the heart of our fair city. It is so cool. What would you say if somebody you're walking on a street and somebody talks to you and says, hey, you want to come see through a telescope? What do you say? <laughs> Obviously, I would say yes. Natural curiosity and everything. I mean, it, well, is it a, is there a telescope there, or is it like you want to <laughs> like get in this van and we're going to go to a telescope, or is it like the telescope's right there, right? No, that's a good question. Yeah, telescope is right there. Then I'm fine with it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so I, I'd be all right you just that. have to take a few steps over, look through the telescope, and uh, so you're in for it. You're into it. A strange, yeah. a strange man on a street corner says, "Come on over." Men on street corners have said stranger things to me, so I honestly feel like that's like. That's a low bar. That's well, not a big deal. And that's see, that's why you're forever curious. You'll be a uh, very, you're a good scientist. <laughs> and it is fun though when you set up there. Like I'm setting up the telescope right there in the heart of the city, right next to the the the, the statue, the fountain of uh, mm -hmm. the waters coming down off of her hands, the classic fountain from WKRP in Cincinnati, the whole thing. And right. yeah, you can see so much cool stuff. And people had set up and look through the telescopes. Uh, see the craters of the moon. It is an amazing experience. It's really a lot of fun to see people's genuine reactions that they're not expecting to see something like this and they just go nuts. I love it. And I, I can't wait to do it again. And you don't feel weird about asking strangers or like, come on in. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about the less fun <laughs> reactions I've had too. So... From the studios of Cincinnati Public Radio, I'm Dean Regas, and this is Looking Up. And I'm Anna Heeman. Dean and I work at the oldest public observatory in the United States, the Cincinnati Observatory, where I'm the executive director, and he's sharing all about the wonders of the universe with thousands of people every year. And now we do the same through this podcast. Today, we explore the joys of sidewalk astronomy, and we'll be joined by WVXU reporter and local host of All Things Considered here in Cincinnati, Bill Reinhardt. Bill will help us revisit a topical interview Dean got to do for HuffPost a few years back. So you're downtown, or in this case, in the Grand Canyon, you did a lot of this too. People are just like walking by. They're not there for astronomy. And you're just like, hey, hey, come over here and look through this telescope, stranger. Did that, you're, you're not really a, I mean, you have to be really kind of extroverted to do that. I mean, you're yeah, comfortable with that. It's true. There is a little, uh, there is a sense of, oddness about it and yeah i mean when you step back and you think okay yeah here's a guy at night in the dark standing next to something that i don't know what it is and he's like hey come take a look through this i mean it's uh <laughs> it's not anything it could be anything it's this is the kind of i'm the kind of person that your parents told you not to talk to in the <laughs> you know and so it is there's a little bit of that to it and the, what's fun is, is, is getting past that because I know, you know, I'm there to, uh, I'm there to show some amazing things, seeing the sky, seeing the stars and the reactions that I get are so cool, but yeah. it does take a little bit for the person to, to break free of that, to come on over. And it is 
really interesting to see people's reactions because there's some that just say, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. you. Or, or ignore altogether. Like they didn't hear me. Like and then I'm flyers like, flyers or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, <laughs> and so there's people ignore people say, no, no, thanks. And they keep walking or, you know, I got to be somewhere that kind of thing. Do you like your loss after them when they like, <laughs> you want to do that, but you then wanna, you're like, well, those here's come somebody else. There's always yeah. more people coming. Um, <laughs> But the, there's, there's a pattern. And for folks who've done sidewalk astronomy, this will sound really familiar is that if you have a group of like four or five people and they're, they're walking by and say, Hey, do you want to come see Jupiter through the telescope? Um, a couple of them will say, no, no, that's okay. And one of them you'll see, make their eyes will go up, their eyebrows will go up. They'll be like intrigued, but then they think, right. well, I don't want to say yes. Cause everybody else said no. And I'd be uncool. Cause I want to be cool. <laughs> and, but then they're like, no, no, no. I want to see this more than I want to be cool. Oh. And so, and so they stop. <laughs> the two can't coexist. It's can't true, but cool. you can see this going this. on in their head. Right, you can see the wheels struggle. turning. And so they slow down and then you're like, oh yeah, we got them. They're going to stop. And then they're like, yeah, I actually do want to see that. And then they come over and then they're like, you got to come see this. And then they get the rest of the group to come over. Like this happens time and time again. And it's so cool to see. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel a little strange. And I, I recommend what we've learned is that, yeah, it's good to have at least two people out there. So you're not just one crazy person on the sidewalk That's that a there's, good point. there's two, you look more legit with a second person for some reason. Um, but, yeah. uh, but still I've done these things by myself too. Like, uh, yeah, the grand Canyon, I did that too, setting up outside of the, the hotel up there. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, when people see the telescope, they are pretty psyched. That's for sure. It's really amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, I could, I could do that for sure. And then you're on vacation. I think that's different than being downtown, like walking to a meeting or, or like going to, but, but still the, the idea is, is, is there. Uh, so, and, and, and it's a, it's a great idea to just invite people to come look through the scope. So we, you actually recorded on your, on your phone and your flip phone or whatever you have there, some audio reactions from when you were at the Grand Canyon. And I yeah. think we're going to, we're going to hear some of those cause it's, it is fun, uh, you know, to get people's reaction. That was a good idea. So yeah, I was thinking about this is like, you you can't video people, you can't take pictures cause it's so dark. You can't get their actual reactions, but right. they're, and when you're out there and you're pointing telescope at Saturn, you hear people's reactions, you could, and the enthusiasm, I thought, well, why don't I just record a little bit of this so we can kind of get a real feeling. And so we have a, a nice clip here, if we could play that. All right, you want to take a look? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. What do you got in there? So we're looking right through here at a planet. Uh, so you just use one eye, you don't want to touch, but look right through the hole there. There's a little eyepiece there. And I bet I know what planet it is. Tell me what we're looking at. Saturn. Wow. You see the rings? Yeah. You want to take a look? You've got it. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm out here for. Get the heck out of here. I'm one of the astronomer residents for the canyon. Oh my god, that is so fantastic. fantastic. Thank you. It's just crazy to think that there's other planets. Like, is there anyone on it? Like, oh, come on. Not on Jupiter. It's very hot, right? Well, it's all made of gases. Look, I know nothing about our solar system besides the fact that there are planets out there. And look, maybe I'm uneducated. I just... I never took the time, but when I when you do stuff like this, it makes me so happy. Oh my God, the Jupiter! That's Jupiter. Oh my God! Oh my goodness, Jupiter! 
Hi folks, would you like to see through a telescope and see yes, Jupiter? Yes, we would. We heard you were out here. All right. Word spreading. Word has spread. Wow. Oh, look at that. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah. This is fantastic. Really uh, made my evening see yeah, that. Perfect yeah. setup. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Thanks for being out here doing that. That's a nice little treat. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for being out. You too. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, these are the reactions. It's just so genuine. And um, I mean, this, this is what when people start doing sidewalk astronomy, they totally get hooked on it because of you're like making people's day. And there are some people that, you know, when I was at the Grand Canyon that I'm, you know, literally 10 feet away from the edge of the canyon and I'm showing them picture, you know, I'm showing them Jupiter, I'm showing them Saturn. And they say that was the best part of their whole vacation. I mean, like. And there's <laughs> the Grand Canyon. Like, like, excuse yeah, me. Like it's the you <laughs> see the years. you see the big hole behind us. Like right. the, you know, remember that? But Giant they, they're so phenomenon. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, the the fellow that was uh, you know that was you know made him so happy about this. I mean, he and his uncle hung around with me for about a half hour. Like, I mean, they were just talking you know, all sorts of stuff, and and it was it was pretty cool. There's a lot of people that are uh, that try this themselves too and have their own telescopes and setups and that kind of stuff. It was just, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and listening back to all this audio, there's a couple common reactions that I'd never noticed before before I listened to these. But the people that come up to the telescope, they put their eye up, and they're they're quiet. They're very quiet. They're just like they do a really quiet whoa like that. Right. And then two or three seconds later, they get loud. Like they're like, holy moly, I can't believe that. Like, like it's two reactions. The first is like, okay, they're coming into this like, yeah, I don't know. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be so, so all right, I'll take five seconds, put my eyeball and they're surprised. And then it dawns on them what actually is happening. And it's like the second wave of reaction comes. And this, uh, I never knew that until I really listened to these audio, that this happens again and again, these two double reactions. I like to think of it as, I think of it uh, something when I started working at the observatory that's astronomy is such a singular experience. I don't, you very rarely have just an experience by alone that's not, with electronics or something, I always I think of it as like an individual and then like a shared thing. So you have your moment where you get to be like, I can see this. Nobody else. I mean, they've seen it, but nobody's seeing it with me. I get to see it for myself. And then I want to take a minute for myself and then I want to share it with everybody else and my reaction. And I always think that's kind of an I don't know if intimate's the right word, but it's even with around a lot of people, you can still have this singular experience looking through and seeing Saturn, you know, and it's kind of amazing because you just take a minute and then, yeah, you're like so excited. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's nice when people are like, and I also think that people don't get to be wowed a lot <laughs> in a good way anymore. Like, I think that it's like you're offering them something. Most people are trying to get something from people. You're giving them a chance to do something they wouldn't be able to do. I think it's like a all upside as far as like, you know, and then they have this great reaction. And I think I loved my favorite was the woman from Wisconsin that was like, get the heck out of here. She was like, we're like 
her little accent was so cute and she was so excited and i also like the guy who said mama mia i know yeah he he was uh, he hung around with me for a while too and um yeah i mean his reactions were so good and uh that's hilarious um and he was asking you know what's this what's that and and oh, wow. uh, then there was another fellow who was there and, you know, he saw Jupiter, he saw Saturn and he was hanging around with questions. Then more people would come and he ended up answering people's questions for me. Like, they, like I was assistant? busy, you know, I was busy pointing a telescope <laughs> and they're like, what is that? And I could hear him like, oh, that's Jupiter up there. And, uh, you know, if you wait around, I mean, so like people start working for you too, cause they, oh, yeah. they, they want to be helpful. And, um, so it's one of Your those things. Man. Yeah, yeah, it it works out really well, and um, it's it's one of those uh, it's one of those fields that yeah I think that during COVID it's a lot harder to do to bring a telescope in public places, and so that's right. been we haven't been able to do that as much lately. Um, but it's something that I miss, and uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we can do this again, and uh, uh, yeah, capture some more people's reactions. It's really really pretty cool. So the original sidewalk astronomer was a man named John Dobson. Uh, He began his astronomy career as a monk in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so basically like he made his own telescope, snuck out at night and regaled the public with views from his telescope from downtown San Francisco. As As a monk. Okay, among how how did that work out then? Well, it didn't work out so good for him because the uh what's the monk abbey? What do you call a monk place? A monastery? monastery? Monastery. They were like a uh brother Dobson, where are you going at night? <laughs> brother Dobson. Where are you going in the dark of night? And he said, "Well, uh I'm going to San Francisco and setting up my telescopes so people can see the stars." They did not believe him. They assumed he was sneaking out in the cover of darkness to do unholy things. Um, (laughs) And eventually they kicked him out of the monastery for this very reason. And his telescope was thrown into San Francisco Bay so he wouldn't do it anymore. That is terrible. I know. Telescopes are expensive. So that's how it started. And he was so hooked on it that he... You know, he was like, well, all right, forget about uh, being a priest and the monkhood. I'm doing something this. I'm doing doing this. I'm going to the people. And um, <laughs> so, going to the people. so he becomes this kind of uh, character in the Bay Area, this you know, guy you see on the sidewalks with this weird telescope that's homemade. That, oh, it's not uh, homemade. It's really and, um, and the, homemade. And, and like, think about, you know, the 60s and 70s in San Francisco. I mean, this was like he was this guy with a ponytail, you know, he's hippie. Oh he's like gosh. former monk. I mean, he's out there. He's doing this for no money for nothing. And, um, he just got this really cool following. People loved it. And then he, he took it on the road. He would go to national parks and set up the telescopes in national parks and have these big festivals and the, the telescope model called Dobsonian. This is the, the, the standard model moves left, right, up, down. It's basically the, the, most common telescope nowadays is named after him. That's how he invented it in that monastery. So I actually got to meet uh, John Dobson just one time when he came to Cincinnati. And, uh, and I mean, he just made this impression. He was so eccentric. He would like, um, basically his, his, uh, his uh, scheduler 
said, uh, don't try to pay him. He will rip up any checks you give him. Uh, don't be weirded out if you see him eating weeds from the garden or yard because he likes to pick up weeds. He knows what's edible and what's not. So don't worry about that. What? And make sure you get him lots of yogurt. So I'm like, okay, I think I can handle those three things. Not paying him, <laughs> not paying him, letting him eat grass. Weeds. And, yeah. So And uh, getting some yogurt. And some just, he play. was just totally off the wall, but like a guy of uh, supreme passions for this thing. And so um, before he passed away in 2014, I interviewed him uh, over the phone, which was also crazy because he didn't really, he didn't really want to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> and so my first questions, he was just really bored with and just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh and then at the end, he starts to kind of perk up uh, when he gets to kind of go off on his opinions and things like that, which is kind of fun. Um, and, you know, some of his his cool one liners th that he would say when he's out at this uh, on the sidewalk with the telescope, people would ask him questions like, uh -huh. so how far away is Jupiter? How far away is that star? And his answer was always way the hell out there. <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer to all those things. Cause he's like, I don't care about miles and stuff. People aren't right. going to remember that. They just, yeah, he was just this character. So we, uh, I wrote an, uh, an article, uh, kind of just after his passing with this interview with some of the questions that was on HuffPo, uh, HuffPost back in, um, 2014. And we have with us, uh, uh, reporter Bill Reinhardt, who is going to answer the John Dobson question or John Dobson answers to my questions here and bring us some John Dobson wisdom. So John, how did you get into astronomy? I was born. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, so how do you describe being a sidewalk astronomer? I am an astronomical entertainer to Her Majesty, the gov general public. Hmm. So uh, when you were in the monastery, one of your missions was to reconcile science and religion. Uh, how did that turn out? Then, not too well. Now, I'm okay with it. And uh, have you ever taken an astronomy class in your life? No, I signed up for one once, but astronomy was so boring back then. Oh, yeah. yeah, so you signed up, but uh, you never went to class? Oh, no. Uh, so I, I see you're always eating yogurt. I guess it's my favorite food. I tell people that I use a yogurt-powered telescope. I eat the yogurt and power the telescope. But if I get hungry, I'll just forage around in your backyard for a while. And is astronomy like a religion? If it is, an observatory is like a temple. I often thought of it that way. An observatory definitely is a temple, but religion is completely different. Religion is based solely on feelings. It's all guesswork, and astronomy is based on observation. Well, thank you, John, for uh, coming back and uh, answering those questions for me. Thank you. Our thanks to Bill Reinhardt for helping us bring some of John Dobson's answers back to life today. You can catch him hosting All Things Considered every weekday afternoon on 91.7 WVXU.
All right, well, along the uh, lines of this sidewalk astronomy and being able to just look through a scope and see cool things, let's talk about the best planets to see in a backyard telescope. So maybe not on a sidewalk, but in a backyard, same spirit. Uh, and now you're going to rank them, Dean, in order of coolness, because I'm obviously very into coolness. And uh, let me let me know what you think. Start at the start at the mm, start at the the least coolest, and then <laughs> work up to the coolest. Least coolest. All right. So yeah, we'll we should go, like yeah. do like a like a top ten list kind of. Yeah, thing. I think that makes it. sense. So Not now 10, there's you know right. there's uh, five planets that are visible to the naked eye, and those are the five planets that probably look the best in a telescope. Um, okay. At least a backyard telescope. And so number five, probably the worst of the five. Ooh, it's tough. But Mercury's probably the, the least impressive to see in a telescope, but is the most rewarding because it's so hard to find. You can only mm-hmm. see Mercury a few days out of every year when it's far enough away from the sun that you can actually see it. So Mercury is not much to see in a telescope. You can see a little dot, maybe a little disk, and maybe when it's going through a phase, you can see a half mercury or something like that so not not the most exciting but the most rewarding because you can say hey i found mercury which is not an easy task to do so fourth best ooh, this is tough because i definitely know who the top two are so three and four three and four are the ones that i could get some flack from I'm going to put Mars at number three or no, number four. I'm sorry. I'm going to put oh, Mars at four. Really? Uh, Mars is not very picturesque in a telescope. And I, I hate to tell this to people because we're going to do a big viewing event called Mars of Palooza. We do that every two years. <laughs> You're not really wanna, selling it. <laughs> I know. We want to get everybody to come out and see Mars at its best and glorious and most closest to Earth. And it's red. Everybody likes it. You can see it's like and it's reddest. Red. I know. Like that. But. But in a telescope, um, yeah, I know. And in fact, usually at, at Mars of Palooza, I tell the patrons, I say, uh, like, I know when you're going to look through the telescope, you're not allowed to say, oh, that's it. That's <laughs> usually what their reaction is like. Oh, I just Ouch. wait in line to see through a telescope. So Mars looks like a little disc. When it's closest to Earth, you can see some features. Sometimes you can see the ice cap on one of the North Pole or the South Pole, depending on how it's tilted. And you can uh-huh. see some features on the planet. Sometimes they look like a, a little a triangle or a little squiggle. But it's it's usually more disappointing than anything. So I'll put it forth. But I could uh, viewers might uh, might say, yeah, you could switch it with the third one, which I say is Venus. So Venus would be number mm-hmm. three on the list um, because Venus is so incredibly bright that it is just so dynamic in a telescope and just really dazzling. But you can't see any features on Venus. Uh, it's all this, because all you're seeing are the cloud tops, the atmosphere. So it's just kind of this blank canvas. Mm-hmm. But what Venus does is it changes its phase. So sometimes it's a half Venus, sometimes it's a crescent Venus. And oh. so you get to see actual shapes with it. So I'd say shapes trump the blurriness of a Mars view. Okay, but, I didn't realize it was a, a, a shapeshifter. Being yes, it is a shapeshifter. <laughs> I thought of it so, just like it's always just round. Yep, yep. So that's why I'll put Venus third, but uh, people can people can write in and tell us if I'm wrong about that. But the top two, I don't think there's going to be any any debate. 
number two is Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Jupiter with the great stripes you can see on the planet. You can see the great red spot at times if you have a good enough telescope. And then four moons, the Galilean satellites that you can see in different different uh, composite, different uh, orders and different places, different positions each time you look at it. Jupiter is really one of those wow things because it looks like a planet. It looks, you can see the stripes and, and you can even see a little bit of color in that, which you can't see in a lot mm. of other planets. Yeah, it's detailed, I feel like. Yeah, and especially if you look at the, the Jupiter through the telescope at the Cincinnati Observatory, on a good day, you can see like the little, even little swirls of, of gases. You can see the red spot. You can see white spots. You can see so many stripes it's uh, on a good day it, it's really pretty impressive it, it just it does look like kind of a little bit like a painting sometimes mm-hmm. so that leaves number one and i think you probably know what number one's gonna be i think i do drum roll is saturn definitely number one is saturn i mean how can you beat those rings i mean it and when you show people Saturn in a telescope, they there's this disbelief thing first. They're like, what? No, mm-hmm. that's what? You just put a sticker on the end of the telescope. That's right. But nope, it's, it's, it's one of those incredible sights to see. And uh, so definitely should be on your top of your list uh, of objects to see, that's for sure. Well, that's it for this episode of Looking Up. Thanks again to Bill Reinhardt for helping us out today by portraying John Dobson. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Looking Up, wherever you get your audio. And if you're an Apple podcast user, we'd really appreciate a rating and comment, especially since it helps others to find us. Do you have any topic or guest ideas for us? We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Facebook or Twitter or drop us a note at lookingup@wvxu.org. Our very fun theme song and additional music is by Y, that's W-H-Y question mark, from their album Moline, courtesy of Joyful Noise Recordings and Terror Bird Media. Looking Up is a production of Cincinnati Public Radio. We're produced by Josh Elstro, and Jim Nolan provides additional web assistance. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Anna Heeman. And I'm Dean Regis. Keep looking up.